So, do I dress you as? I, I'm not. What 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 am I supposed to call you, ladies? <laughs> Are, uh, you're fresh, so you would be lieutenant. No, or? I'm not an officer. No, so. yeah, that's right, right. I came in with a skill, so I got to be a specialist. And, okay. Yep. So, um, as far as army goes, like army lingo and stuff, it would be specialist for both of us. Like I would be specialist Weiss. So you end up just okay. going by your last name. We've got specialist Weiss, specialist Simonton here. We're with the U.S. Army. Specifically, we are at AMU, the Army Marksmanship Unit, where it's an elite group of people that are doing a lot of things. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to hear these young ladies' stories, and um, we're going to hear the story of, of Dale's day here yesterday. <laughs> these girls were a part of. They, they taught me how to handle firearms yesterday. Um, what do you guys think of my helmet? I've, I've been loving it. I saw you roll out of the van in it, and I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's <laughs> Some of the older gentlemen did not know what oh, to think of yeah, this fair. goober that stepped out of a van wearing a 1970s Army helmet. Um, and I was like, I swear, I'm not being disrespectful. Kind of looks like the one over I'm here in that cabinet. Well, you're pointing at what General George S. Patton was wearing. Yeah, you don't right. have the, the four stars on there. Yeah, I don't have the stars. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like I had a belt buckle on yesterday. Some right, which so I didn't feel was disrespectful. Okay, great. Yeah, so I loved we're it. We're on the same page. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for joining this episode of Rodeo Time, the podcast. We're going to hear these young ladies' stories. Now on to the podcast. Oh, wait, turn that back down. Before we go on to the podcast, <laughs> check out the links in the description below to uh, find out more information about how you can join the United States Army. Now, go ahead and play the music. Before we jump into the podcast, just know that there are ways in which you could potentially earn an extra 50 grand by joining certain uh, Army MOSs, which is a job. So be sure and click the links below in the description uh, to find out more information on um, one of 150 jobs you could potentially have in the Army. So click those links and find out. Um, different ways to get involved. Like one of the ladies we talked to today, ask the right questions and you'll get the right answers. So find out more below. Heard y'all got rained on yesterday. Haunted house. Too bad. We did get rained on, yes. But I'm pretty tough. (laughs) You're not made of sugar, so you're not going to melt. I'm not made of sugar. Right. So I, I killed it pretty good. So nice. What they yeah. have you do over at action? Which one was action? Uh, oh, one after lunch. Mike, Mike taught me how to shoot um, a pistol because mm-hmm. apparently I don't know how to do that either. Oh, did you think you did before? No. Oh. I'm, <laughs> see, I had shot trap in like junior high for oh. a couple of years, but I was not going to share that because I knew that, you know, I'm not that good. So. <laughs> Getting razzed by you (laughs) was pretty normal because my older sister was always better than me. So girls tend to be. Yep, she's pretty. She's pretty good with a shotgun. So yeah, each stage I was pretty much prepared to 
not know what I was doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good. The ballistics, though, it was like pretty much already the gun was already on a um, little stand. All I had to do was reach around and pull the trigger. That mm-hmm. one was easy. I got that one. Yeah, you like that one a lot. So, <laughs> but shooting the one mile shot while it was raining, that was pretty difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. Target. Yeah. Well, no, because it wasn't really dialed in yet for me just because they couldn't see where the bullet was going. So I was really just guessing. And then once the rain quit, they were like, oh, yeah, you're 10 feet off. And then they dialed it in. It took me three shots once the rain quit. I got it on the third shot. Nice. I don't feel like that's too bad. I was a little jealous, not going to lie. Have you all got to do stuff like that? Heck no. We're not special. You're not special? We're we're special, but not that special. You're special. You're just special in a different... (laughs) Right. Different way. Discipline. So Army Marksmanship Unit... Um, there's, you guys are definitely special. So the elite, you've got a bunch of Olympians and you've been to the Olympics. Correct. Yes. So that's pretty special. Very special. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. So we are special for sure. It's just less of the well-known things like a mile shot. Everybody knows a mile shot. Like that's the coolest thing to try a mile shot. Yeah. That's not what we're good at. We could be, we've never tried it, but. What are what are all the different events that AMU has participated in in the Olympics? So in the Olympics has been um, on the rifle side of things. I'll let you talk about shotgun, but on the rifle side of things, um, a lot of different events over the course of the like history of the Olympics. We now currently shoot ten meter air rifle, fifty meter three position, which is a twenty two rifle, and. Um, now they've also just recently added some mixed team events. So a long time ago, it used to be co-ed. And then the girls were beating the boys and the boys weren't happy. So they split them up. That's the rumor, at least. Um, and so... In which event was this? All of the Olympic events for rifle. Oh, We wow. used to all be combined. Um, but then when the women started winning, they split it up into two different things. So we're shooting the exact that. same event. No, Okay. Yeah. So the exact same thing, exact same number of shots etc um same time limits but women are only competing against the women and the men are only competing against the men but in the last olympics we had mixed team air rifle for the first time so if you and i were both going for team usa and you were shooting the men's individual event and i was shooting the women's individual event we would come together in the mixed team and shoot as partners and they would combine our scores and then compare that to other countries across the world and then same idea try to win a medal there and they just added it for paris in 24 for the small bore 22 rifle three position event as well wow but they've we've kind of cut some throughout the years we used to have prone events that's what we have you know we had some olympians here the army marksmanship unit that shot of the olympics in prone where it was 60 shots prone um so all of the laying down which i'm sure you Probably doing for your one yes. mile shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When I actually hit it, I was riding Stand. on a motorcycle. Oh, dri- yeah. You know, riding on the back of a motorcycle. Some grenades right, going some off moving. in the background because you're in the army, right? And then the target was also on a motorcycle going the other, the other way. way. Okay. So, yeah. yes, you, so you had to do a little bit of, I think, the, the skeet practice helped, you right? right? The skeet practice helped. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. What are the different shotgun? So right now at the Olympics, we also have mixed team. Um, but right now it's just trap and skeet. So you shot skeet yesterday. Um, and uh, trap, the target's going away from you. Um, and it's out of a bunker. There's 15 machines. Um, I'm just going to move it over that way. Okay. You can see your face. Okay. Um, I'm a skeet shooter. Um, and 
you, for the last Olympics, well, I was a spare tire. I was the alternate, so I wasn't as special as Allie, but um, I was the first alternate for women's skeet. Um, but uh, now skeet has the mixed team event. Last Olympics, it was trap, and so it got moved to skeet this year, or for this quad. And then used to, um, prior to the 2020 games, there was uh, double trap, um, and the office, or the AMU shotgun section had a lot of double trap shooters, and uh, Sergeant Glenn Eller, um, he won a gold medal at the Olympics in 2008 in double trap, so. Yeah. Dang. Surrounded by greatness here, yeah, for, sure. for sure. So... Eisenhower created the Army Marksmanship Unit in 56. Correct. Mm -hmm. And it is now, um, what are all of its purposes? I know it's, you know, to, to showcase the Army's capabilities, but then there's also tr some training capabilities that AMU has as far as like training other people in the Army and other service services. Correct. So, um, we have multiple different sections, um, and obviously, as you saw, as you were walking through, that they each kind of have their own specialty, right? Like, they're each good at something different, but it's all still marksmanship. So, our job is to compete and train every day. You know, it's, it is our full-time job. We get to train and shoot in our discipline, in our event every day, and we take all of those things that we're learning as we're, you know, showcasing the Army and winning medals and representing, you know, both Team USA at, you know, Olympics and World Championships, as well as the U.S. Army. And then all of the things we're learning as we're honing and perfecting our skills, we are able to take over to the rest of the Army to teach them marksmanship skills and um, fundamentals. Yeah, I think in the mission statement, it says, like, you know, connecting America's people with America's Army. And we're kind of that bridge piece to kind of, as she was saying, showcase what we do and a little bit of the army and instruct and teach. And there's a really big civilian marksmanship program that's for more rifle pistol right. stuff. But um, yeah, just kind of the bridge between the two. So tell me about uh, your story. We'll start with you, Sam. You, what is it that drew you to the army? And did you always see, well, we'll start there. Well, when I was a little kid, um, I grew up going to Ranger Day, which is at Camp Merrill, where they do the mountain phase of Ranger School. Um, I thought that was super, super cool. I wanted to be a Ranger when I was a little kid, and, you know, academics were very important to me, so I pursued school. Um, and through a friend of a friend, met some people who were shooting, said, hey, you got to try it, got decently good at it, and um, made the U.S. team and got offered a position to be uh, at the Olympic Training Center full-time uh, as a resident athlete. And I was there, went to the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. It was great for a while, but some things changed, and I just kind of felt like I was stuck in a rut after not making the Olympic Games in 2020. And I was looking for support, and the Army offered me a spot where I was going to be completely supported. And, you know, I could finish my degree I actually attend school at Auburn University. It's about 40 minutes from here, and it's kind of a drive, but it's worth it to me. And the Army offered me a lot of opportunities, both in my shooting career and my academic career, as well as my future. So it just kind of seemed like a foolproof option for me. So what, what are you going to school for? Uh, biomedical science. Dang. I want to go to medical school. I really want to be a doctor. Intense, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what, how, how many years in are you? Too many. 
Too many. Too many. I uh, took some time off uh, from classes to train to make this last Olympic team. I was two points away. Kind of kind of hurts your feelings a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would have graduated this past May, uh, but I was doing a bunch of push-ups and basic training instead. So I got you. So you're new to the Army, relatively. Yes, I am. So I shipped to basic training January 24th this year and graduated from my job training as a combat medic, uh, June 17th. So I've been here two months and a few days. So Dang, wow. Super She's our baby, for fresh. sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so as far as Olympics for the AMU, you're looking at, what is the next one? 20, 2024 in 24. Paris, France. Paris, France. Good one. So um, you came to... Tell me a little bit about your journey as far as like how the army's helping you with school and whatnot, because it sounded pretty interesting at lunch yesterday. <laughs> so before I even considered joining the army marksmanship troop unit, I knew I wanted to go to medical school and I had been doing some research about how to pay for medical school because my parents aren't paying for it. And, you know, working occasionally doesn't pay for it and medical school isn't getting any cheaper and I'm not super interested in taking out huge loans and the army as well as the air force and uh, the Navy offer this thing called HPSP, which is health profession scholarship program. So once you're accepted to a graduate school in the health professions, um, you can drop a packet and they will pay for your school for time back to them. You have to be a military doctor in whatever your trained specialty is. And so I found that super interesting and I knew I had always wanted to be in the army. Um, so it kind of seemed like a great option. And then uh, I was talking to Lieutenant Amber English last summer and she was like, you should join the unit. You should join the Army Marksmanship Unit. And I was like, no. And then just kind of reading the writing on the wall of the situation I was in, I couldn't say no. It seemed like every perfect opportunity. And uh, I was like, I want to finish my degree. Like this bothers me. I really want to finish my degree because that's something I take pride in is school. And then I found out the Auburn's campus, even though I'm a big Georgia Bulldogs fan, <laughs> that's kind of sacrilegious where I'm from. To even consider going to Auburn, but academics, you get, you know, you got to put it aside. Football is, that's one big game every year. Different um, story for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I figured out I could take classes at Auburn, finish my degree and being active duty, the army offers something called TA, which is tuition assistance. So you're offered, um, $250 per credit hour, um, to pay for your tuition. Um, I'm working on getting in-state tuition right now from Auburn, even though I'm stationed here at Fort Benning, but I do live in Alabama now. So, yeah, so a lot of opportunities. And wow. even through all of that, I'm still not touching my GI Bill. So if I want to save my GI Bill and get another degree later, or if I have kids later on down the road, I can offer that money to them to go to school and stuff. So there's really a lot of opportunities. All you have to do is just ask the right questions and don't take no for an answer. Yeah, that's crazy. Just, you know, doing a little bit of investigating. What what kind of, what'd you say? Health specialist program? Health profession scholarship program. Profession. So most people are like HPSB and gotcha. it's kind of like this super secret mm -hmm. kind of thing because not many people know about it. Right. Because I've asked so many people like, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about this? And we had a rep at school come talk about it. And then it sounds like one of those things where, you know, you go in and, and they're like, here, check out these forms. You're going to want to look at them. And then it's like you get them in a goodie bag. And you're like, ah, I'm not going to read those, whatever. <laughs> it's just like there's like these nuggets of information that 
they offer along the way that we, you know, you just choose not to use. And then later on you're like, Oh yeah, we tried to tell you about that. You know, you could have, <laughs> yeah. we could have paid for your school. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think some people, you know, get disheartened with the army because they, they kind of disregard those offers. Like I remember my in-processing brief here, one of the many, took like two weeks, mm -hmm. but there's a lot on here on Fort Benning. I mean, Fort Benning has a lot to offer. I found out today that there's a humane society at a Fort Benning. On Fort Benning, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. There's a little agility park I took my dog to. There's yeah. Side note, they're also doing like dog basic obedience training next Friday. If you want to go, we can take our dogs. <laughs> I'm totally down. See, it's a lot like, I feel like it's very similar to one of the interns recently said about my intern program at radiator ranch mm -hmm. rodeo time that you get out of it what you put into it which is hypothetically true for almost anything you do in life. life but it sounds like something like the army you get here and and you think you're just gonna go to basic training and be a soldier and that's it and learn how to shoot an m4 and and then yeah. you know get out in four years and well, they always teach you you're a soldier first <laughs> right right <laughs> which is the case once you get out right. of basic training however it sounds like there's a lot more to it if you really just they're not going to probably hold your hand oh absolutely as they not. wouldn't anywhere you know i'm not going to a radiator ranch i tell these guys like if you guys want to learn how to ride bulls or bronx like you're going to have to get up early you're going to have to stay late you're going to have to put in the fundamentals i'll provide you the arena and the bulls but you're going to have to actually do it and so some people come in and they they kind of learn and then you know they'll put in 40 50 60 80 percent effort and which is fine if you know you reap what you sow but you can't put in 65 percent effort and expect 100 percent results absolutely not yeah same thing for us all the time yeah yeah you get what you put out of it or you get what you put into it every time right so. absolutely. you bet so what's your story oh man my story so um actually it's just so wild and interesting because almost complete opposite of sam i had zero experience or even seeing any people in the army never really saw people in uniform knew somebody that their dad was in the national guard and that's about the most experience i ever had with it still never really saw it way different compared to being in here and it's just all you know military people because i'm on a military installation but so i had no desire ever to join the army always had huge respect for our armed services and the people that sacrificed and all the things that they did for us in our country but just had no desire myself. Um, it was just, I didn't think I fit the mold that I thought the army had. It was just the stereotype, I guess, in my head, which I- There I'm, were some people in basic training that did not fit the mold either. Right, yeah. They made it through. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just doing my own thing in life, following my education path, following shooting. I started shooting through actually a gun safety and education program because we lived in Montana. And I think I told you a little bit about this yesterday, but just for everyone else. And so um, my parents, not gun owners, not anything like that, not big avid hunters. Uh, I've actually only been hunting twice in my life. Never, never shot a deer because we didn't see one when we went and then shot a wood duck here on post once. And that's about it. <laughs> um, and so they just wanted me to learn how to be safe around them because if I was to ever go anywhere, uh, they would rather have safety and education rather than an accident. And so we showed up at it. It was education. We did learn a lot of gun safety. Uh, we also learned how to shoot with Daisy 499 Spring Air BB guns. Um, just a little <laughs> pump BB gun, drop the BB down the front of the barrel and shoot at a paper target. 
Um, and that's sort of where I fell in love. I loved the community. I loved the sport and the challenge of always trying to be better and get more and more center and more accurate. And I had a mentor at the time tell me that I could go really long ways if I wanted to, that I had, you know, some talent, but I'm going to have to put in the work for that talent if I want to go anywhere. Uh, and so I took that and ran with it for basically the rest of my life now. Um, the Army Marksmanship Unit, when I was in college, kept asking if I wanted to join after college or if I wanted, you know, to join and be a part of their team. They would love to have me. And I, nope, 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 until I was blue in the face. I, like, I, I don't want to be too. here. I was like, <laughs> no, nah, anything for me. Yeah, Army's not my style. Uh, and then, fortunately, as I got older and made the national team, I started talking to more people on the Army Marksmanship Unit's team for international rifle and started learning more about the army because I knew nothing about it. I was just creating this mm -hmm. thing in my head that I thought it was, which was infantry and, you know, GI Joes, GI Janes. And I didn't want to be that. And then I learned all of the opportunities that there were with schooling, the tuition assistance, the GI bill, the, just all of the other benefits, the support, the family that you create, uh, all of the cool things you get to do. Um, and I was like, okay, this might not be too bad. I do want to keep shooting after college. I tried the Olympic Training Center as well for about a year. Felt a little bit similar to Sam that it was as we were trying to make the 2020 team that I just wasn't getting the full support and resources that I wanted to be able to succeed. And from there, I took a graduate assistant position at the University of Memphis with their rifle team, hoping to get a little bit more support. And that's where I was when I made the Olympic team, um, just being surrounded by people that supported me and all of that. But I still didn't have the, A, financial resources, setting me, myself up for success for the rest of my life. You know, I was just barely making it by going to graduate school and um, shooting my gun and competing every day and then coaching the kids too. So I knew I needed that if I ever wanted to do anything else with my life um, outside of just getting an education. And then I started thinking about it more and I was like, well, if I want to keep shooting and I want to make a life out of it, I got to make some kind of change. And I learned about all of this. So I asked them if they would still take me. And fortunately for me, they said, absolutely. And I joined and all of my stereotypes I had of the army and all of that pretty much died in basic training. I mean, even Not as I'm getting ups part. Yeah, true. Yeah, we did a lot of push-ups. <laughs> um, still fresh on my <laughs> Yeah, very fresh for you. Uh, I did learn, though while I was there, I mean, yes, like I'm getting yelled at, like I'm getting yelled at for the silliest stuff. Right. But, um, you're learning so much out of it and I'm a crazy person. I loved basic training. I did too. I thought like, it was kind of almost a mental escape. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, you're told what to do. Like right. you don't have right. to think all you have to Ever. do is do what you're told. Yes. And some people have a very hard time <laughs> accepting that. I think once you're in, when you're in that environment, you just kind of have this mentality of like, okay, this is what I got to do. Yeah. I'm going to have hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. it's again, what you make of it. Um, yeah. and so like for me, since I'd already made the Olympic team, I knew that I would be going to the Olympics. I was like, well, this is a huge opportunity for me to work on like my mental aspect of training. Oh, yeah. I might not be able to be physically training like on my gun, physically training my body. Yes. But not on the gun, uh, on the rifle. So I was like, well, now I can sit here and train my brain. Like rather than dreading every time we're doing pushups and hating everything, it's like changing that mindset to how far can I go? Like, I don't know when they're going to stop. So I'm just going to push myself to see how many I can do without until I'm actually failing mm -hmm. um, rather than kind of giving up before you hit that wall just because you think you can't do it. Right. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. There's times of the year whenever I'll uh, go day work at a ranch and uh, with some friends of mine and I feel like 
it's definitely a day off. I physically work harder during those few weeks a year that I, I'll go to. We call it neighboring. You know, we'll go help someone else, right. and then they'll help you. But anyhow, whenever I go do that, physically I work harder, you know, than I might if I'm in the warehouse, you know, at, at uh, back in Winnebago with the um, the apparel line or we're filming or working on my own ranch. Anyhow, physically I'll work harder, but I don't have to – stress about being in charge i don't have to stress about managing people or inventory or my own cows i just do what the boss says and that sometimes is a very liberating thing you know when you're okay with taking orders Mm -hmm. you know if you'll just but i I imagine there comes a point like you said where it's all right it's time to uh, train your brain and uh, i need to be a thinker not just a, a doer and a follower but but I'm sure that, you know, there's time for that after basic training. Right. You know? So whenever you, um, whenever you get out, there's, here there's like hundreds of jobs you can have. Oh, yeah. in the Army. Yep. You, you girls are in AMU. What are some of the other, like, interesting jobs that you've seen or heard of that aren't just carrying him for and bust down a door. Right. Yeah. They're outside infantry. So, um, her and I actually have very different jobs and they end up being, um, so we get trained in something other than the marksmanship mm-hmm. stuff. So we, we get trained in a typical, um, military occupation specialty. MOS is what you'll frequently mm-hmm. hear to it referred as. Um, and that is our job that we're trained for, for the army, but then the army marksmanship unit picks us up and we don't actually work that job because our new job is Mm -hmm. to be a shooter instructor for the army. I'm really trying to do some 68 whiskey stuff. Right. So (laughs) 68 whiskey is what she is, which is a combat medic. Yeah. They call it a healthcare specialist now, but combat. Yeah. (laughs) I did not know they changed that. Um, where I'm a 42 alpha, which is a human resource specialist. So two very different things. I mean, honest, like, honestly, you would see mine more as like a paper pusher. Like a person, you know, in hospitals or things like that that are working on um, human resource work or in any company, human resource things where she is helping somebody, like putting a tourniquet on somebody with a wound on their leg or something. It's very different um, pieces. And then there's things like I looked at being a chaplain assistant when I was coming in, um, which is where you're working with a chaplain uh, and basically following them around, listening to what they need you to do. I looked at being an ammunition specialist. They have uh, nutrition care specialists for enlisted and then dietitians for officers. So it's like almost anything you can think of in the civilian world, we have an opportunity to do here. Yeah, you could be a 92 golf. You could be a combat yeah. cook. Yeah. <laughs> you could go to, you join the army and learn how to cook and be a chef. Like, that's wild. So then you would come out of the army with that, for instance, you would come out with HR capabilities mm-hmm. and be able to apply that anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, and the so Army has gotten super big on like wanting to have applicable skills to the civilian world because I think they know a lot of people don't stay in full 20, so they're not getting that retirement. But I think the Army really wants to focus on like giving people who are in a skill that's applicable to the civilian world. So, for instance, me, I'm a 68 Whiskey combat medic, um, and we're required to get our NREMT certification. Um so I could go work in a hospital as a civilian, um, but there's a whole bunch of other jobs too. Like I remember going to basic training. I guess my initial thought was everybody's going to be 68 whiskey, and that wasn't true. Um, so there were one, several of my good friends from basic trainings, 35 mics, which uh, are human intelligence. Uh, 
35 Papa, which is cryptologic linguist. So they're all at a Monterey and learning a new language. Super cool. Um, 88 Mike truck driver. Um, there's a whole bunch of like a 13 banger. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a field artillery, 13 Bravo. Uh, 13 Fox, uh, that's a Ford Observer, I believe. Um, there's a lot of really cool, really cool jobs in the what Army. What would I be? What would you, outside of bull riding? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think we have that. I don't think we have a bull riding team yet in the Army, no. but maybe we can. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> World class Nin- 90 program. bull. Yeah, 90 bull. 90 bull, yeah. Well, 90 points that. for, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think 68 whiskey is a pretty cool ring to it. <laughs> so I, I've... I've always thought that it would be really good to have some sort of like medic type background just because that way, not because I wanted to go into medicine by any means, but just to be prepared. Like if I were to come upon an accident, oh, absolutely. Drive, drive up on one or be a part of one, like yeah. where I could help someone. Mm-hmm. I'm thankfully I've never had I'm, to do that, but I, I mean, being prepared would would be the ultimate for me. Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm fresh out of training, so I'm, like, super excited to talk about it. And I miss my 68 Whiskey stuff every day. I loved it. And, you know, the the training the Army invests in us is, like, pretty much second to none. I mean, yeah, you're frustrated because it's, like, a mass group of people trying to get through the same thing. But, I mean, they have multi-million dollar um, mannequins for us to work on. And they're actually bleeding. I remember we had to go in um, for our prolonged casualty care day. that we, you know, we had to stop the bleed. We had to treat this guy. We had to put a chest tube in. I'm probably speaking medical knowledge that y'all mm-hmm. don't understand. But we had this mannequin that was pretty much dying. Like, he was supposed to be a combat casualty, and we were supposed to keep him alive for five hours in the dark. So we all had to put our red lens on. And, you know, we got. I just got – the wealth of knowledge I gained was awesome. And I guess a lot of times people think, oh, you're a combat medic or a healthcare specialist. Like, you're going to get placed – in a hospital or whatever. And, you know, I have friends who are at Fort Drum. They're with line units. I have people with CAV units. I have people that I went to training with that are at hospitals. Actually, my orders were messed up when I came here at first. They're already in a hospital? Like working in one? Yes. Yeah. 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 So as soon as you graduate from AIT, which is advanced individual training, so your job school, um, you, if you're active duty, you get your orders to the day you graduate and say, Hey, this is the unit you're going to. This is your flight. You're on your way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, one of my friends, he's a Fort Drum. He's with the infantry unit up there. And I was initially assigned to uh, the labor and delivery clinic here at Fort Benning. Um, so, yeah, I would have been in a hospital. But, yeah, super cool. The opportunities the Army has, like, it's not it's not anything that I expected. Because, I mean, as Ali said earlier, like, you think Army and you're like, ah, oh, 240s, carrying a lot of heavy stuff, which I learned to carry a whole lot of heavy stuff. I thought that that was my only job for a long time was just carrying my aid bag and all my other okay. stuff. But So, um, AMU, there's, you know, it's, it's kind of the elite. There's only a certain number in AMU. So, how do they decide who gets to come in? How do they decide who gets to stay? Once you're performance, in. right? A lot of it is performance. performance. So, um, I think a lot of us. Because I'm just imagining these, you, if 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 you were to leave for whatever reason, mm-hmm. whether you choose it or that your time runs out or you get asked to leave, you would have to go back to that job. Right. So yep. correct. Anyhow. So if we want to stay in the army, yes, we would have to go work as a 68 whiskey or a 42 alpha. Either be a, gotcha. Yeah, go out and be assigned to a different unit and all of that. Um, performance, though. Yes. So. 
getting in um, performance outside of, you know, in our sports, especially for the Olympic events and Olympic teams, which is what we both are. Um, I think it's a little bit different with the other action teams, the instructor training group. They get recruited in a little bit differently. But for us, performance outside of joining the Army, we need to be good enough to be a part of the most elite team in the Army and in the country. So then they bring us in. And then from there, yeah, performance and then your typical Army standards with PT tests and all of that, you need to be an asset to the team. Otherwise, there is no point in having you because we are the best of the best and that's where we want to stay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm new here, but I still try to operate under the MO that like, hey, with much that is given, much is expected. Like we're given some of the best resources in, in the entire country or even the world to, you know, get to perform and live out our dream to qualify for the next Olympics and medal. And, um, you know, the Army gives us that. So we got to pay it back. Yeah, that... Um Christian, and then what was the other gentleman's name? Sergeant Hinton. Sergeant Hinton. Will. Lost 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they called him Big Willie before. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's some drive. That's some drive. That was to get into AMU. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Meet the standards. That's wild. I mean, it's special being here. Like, I mean, from where I was before in Colorado, like, I loved Colorado. I never wanted to leave, but the situation I was in just wasn't. I was doing everything I could to get an opportunity to train and I was so frustrated and I was exhausting myself and I was like, I was so gung-ho about it that I, sorry not to toot my own horn, but no, this is another ahead. opportunity that the army has that I feel like a lot of people don't know about, but I was so motivated and I knew that I had a competition in January and I had a competition in August and I needed to complete all of my training within that time. So pretty much six and a half months because six months ish. And I wanted to train before that competition in August because both January and August are combining to determine who goes to the world championships in Croatia. And I was like, I really want to do a medical MOS because I really want to go to medical school. I can't be an officer because the timing would just take too long. And that was like 68 whiskey. Lieutenant Amber English was like 68 whiskey, but I didn't have my EMT. So, or I'm sorry. I, she was like 68 whiskey. And I was like, what's that combat medic? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But then I was like, that training's 26 weeks. There's no way I could, I would get out of training the day uh, our competition in August started. Dang. And I was like, well, crap, I can't, I can't do that. And I was like, I don't want to do anything else. Like I was so drawn to being a 68 whiskey. And, you know, I talked to her and she was like, I told you you should have gotten your EMT. And then I started talking to people and there's this thing called ACASP, which is Army Civilian Acquired Skills Program. And it's actually offered for multiple MOSs throughout the Army. And so I was able to obtain my NREMT certification on the civilian side. So that shortened my 68 whiskey training by over half. Oh, wow. So I was able to complete all of my training in 19 weeks. So I started January 24th and graduated from AIT June 17th. So I still had a month to train for this competition. I was actually able to make this world championship team to Croatia. It worked. It worked perfectly. Yeah, that's but it, awesome. It was working really hard and the army was super helpful. I mean, uh, our previous Colonel, Colonel um, Andreessen called Colonel Menendez at 232 Med Battalion and uh, had me move to Alpha Company. Ended up being a great asset to the training company, so. So that's what you mean by asking the right questions. Right. Absolutely. Well, and working hard, I mean, Sergeant Hinton was super motivated and the army will give you things if you work for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been offered a great opportunity. He qualified Mm -hmm. for this world championship scene. I think he actually won nationals um, a few weeks ago. So it's just like, like we were talking about earlier, like you get out what you put in and he put in a lot of work to be here and it's certainly paying off for him. And 
I hope and think it's working out, working out pretty well for me right now. Yeah. You're just starting to. Who is someone like Sergeant Hinton who has that you've met while in the Army that's just been a huge inspiration as far as maybe like what you said, getting out of it, what you put into it? Oh, it man. sounds like you've mentioned Lieutenant Amber English a couple of times. Yeah, I actually met Allie uh, last week yeah. because Amber <laughs> brought us together. Um, you know, Amber, she lived and trained in Colorado as well. So she kind of had that similar experience that I had. And she qualified for this last Olympic team. And she and I have a very similar training mindset. So I think I probably look up to her the most. And every bit of it, you know, some people give you advice and they embellish it and and stuff. And every piece of advice she ever gave me down to freaking tying my boots in basic training. I made so many friends mm -hmm. teaching them how to tie their boots faster in basic training because awesome. she showed me before I went and she taught me how to put my hair in a bun. I still struggled the first few weeks of basic. My <laughs> bun was on the side of my head, but yeah, I would probably say Lieutenant Amber English or just some of my, uh, some of my like battle buddies from mm -hmm. training. I know that's kind of a cliche to cliche thing to say, but I mean, it's true. Like I knew going into training that I had, um, like a motivating factor. I knew I had a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, drill sergeants would be like, Simonton, why are you smiling all the time? You're in the arm. You shouldn't be happy. And I was like, I'm one step close to my dream drill sergeant. Or they'd call me Simonton instead of Simonton. And they're like, Simonton, put those teeth away. Stop smiling. It's just put like those teeth away. <laughs> <laughs> finding, finding some source of motivation every day. And like one of my best friends in basic training, uh, Salima Williams, she, she kind of didn't have the best opportunities in life. And I became super good friends with her and, you know, seeing her motivation through all that, like, you know, she's like five foot, like rucking was hard for her. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, she worked her butt off to get there. And I remember we were doing the horizontal ladder. It's like the monkey bars. It was hard for her. And, you know, she worked through it or there were people seeing their motivation to get there. I knew I always had a, like a light at the end of the tunnel. I knew I was coming here, but seeing everybody else and, you know, they're like, this is the best opportunity I've ever had in life. And mm -hmm. I think it's inspiring to hear other people's stories because the army can bring in people from every walk of life. Like, yeah, I'm a surgeon's daughter, but I still joined the army and I was with people who didn't have a place to live, you know, like, and it brings us all together. And I mean, that's why we call each other battle buddies. We go through it together and we learn about it. It's pretty cool. What about you? Oh man. Okay. So I'm not very good at this question. Um, <laughs> Team USA likes to ask it sometimes too and be like, oh, like, who do you look up to? Like, who, who's your idol? And I'm like, be Matthew McConaughey and say myself in 10 years. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So it is, uh, I don't know if I have any specific people. Um, there is, especially, you know, I didn't know a lot of people in the Army outside of the people in the Army Marksmanship Unit. So there's for sure, I mean, Lieutenant Amber English, completely different uh, discipline than I shoot, but um, her drive and motivation to, you know, get what she wants out of life, get things done, all of that. So I really liked that. And then I think I almost more go on the other side of things as far as this is going to sound like I'm trying to say myself and that's so embarrassing, but, um, oh, man, you worked hard to be here. <laughs> so, but it's, it's the idea of being a role model for someone else. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Being somebody that those little girls, whether in the sport, any sport, just people in general looking into like women in the army and things like that is being able to shed light on what you're capable of being, um, mm -hmm. in your life. If you put your mind to it, I guess. Um, so yeah, not really any specific people, but just the idea of being that role model and being somebody for people to look up to. 
I guess I'm trying to think of a way to word the question, but it seems like there's a pretty, both of you have talked about like how surprised you were at what your experience would be like in the army. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a female, what would you say to other young ladies who are just completely opposed to the idea because they do think it is just, you know, grabbing an M4 and kicking in a door. Right. (laughs) I mean, we did learn how to do that. I mean, it is fun actually, surprisingly, but, um, which I never, I guess I kind of thought I would have fun doing that kind of thing. A lot of battle drill six. (laughs) So, um, I think a lot of it, women that are opposed to it before joining or, you know, young girls or things like that. I think they think they'll lose themselves and lose who they are. I mean, that was definitely one of the things that I, like I said, I'd never had any intention. Um, because I thought putting this uniform on every day, um, would take away from the person I was outside of the uniform. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so it was kind of a fear of mine or, you know, the, the straight laced hardness, like the grit, which I have, but I am also a total softie. Like, any Disney movie you put on, I'm probably crying (laughs) so bad. And so I was like, I like, I'm going to lose that part of myself. Suddenly I'm going to be a person that I am not truly who I am. And every day I won't be able to be who I am. And it's just going to be terrible. And so I think that would be the biggest thing is you, you can still be who you are just because you're wearing the uniform doesn't take away from the person that you are and the people that you meet and create. You can be that person just because we're wearing this uniform today. Like doesn't mean we can't go hang out on the weekend and wear completely different clothes. Yeah. And still be ourselves. I guess Man, I never that's a good had way that to word it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that does seem like, I mean, whether you're a girl or a guy, right. yeah. that Anything. seems like something you wouldn't want to let go of is kind of, but I, I don't know. What do you think? What would you say to a young lady? Um, I mean, I think society tries to tell us we need to be a certain kind of way. And, you know, I think people every day are trying to break that mold. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself to be a huge, like, I I guess I am a feminist here and there. But I think, like, females don't have to just be one thing. You don't need to praise Mm -hmm. me for being a female. I want to do the same thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, and they now have gender integrated training. So I went to training with a bunch of guys and... You know, I remember there was this girl, we were carrying ammo cans in our first 100, and she was like, I need a big, strong man to carry this. And I just, like, looked at her like, what? Like, because we're all in this together. And I think, I don't know, I just think it's a great experience that a lot of people should do. I I mean, you learn so much about yourself. And like she was kind of saying, like, I had a totally different view of the uniform. Like, I remember going to CIP and putting my OCPs on, and I was like, (laughs) I look cool. (laughs) Totally did not look cool. They don't fit, and I didn't have makeup bit. on, and I was up for 72 hours, but I was like, man, this, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I'd always kind of liked the Army, and but there's so many opportunities. Like, I think more – the Army just is a gateway. They kind of refer to the Army as, like, this big fraternity, and I got to meet freaking another Olympian. You never heard that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody I've literally ever talked to is like, oh, man, huh. you just joined the biggest fraternity. So and – um. Yeah, so like you get to meet cool people every day. Like yeah. I would, if I wasn't here, I would have, I would have never met you. Like, yeah, facts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> like, there's a lot of cool opportunities, and I think people are kind of just opposed to joining the army because they just see some of the people who are miserable, and they're like, "Man, I just hated that." But like as a female, there's so many opportunities. That might be somebody who is going to hate anything. True, true, but I mean, I mean, like there's, there's, I'm sure there's, there's people that don't enjoy being in the army. I'm saying like. 
if they don't enjoy that, they may have not enjoyed a I number mean, of it's things. E- it's quite easy to not enjoy. You right. have to accept the mindset and you have to say, all right, but like she said, we can go do something different on the weekend. Like there's plenty of opportunities for you to change. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like I was more in tune with myself mm-hmm. coming into the army. Like I remember in AIT, we did this thing called the swamp challenge. Only alpha company does a swamp <laughs> challenge. And we were doing this thing called the chariot push and my drill sergeant, drill sergeant Glover, he was my timekeeper and I was pushing that thing. And he was like, this is where I embarrassed first sergeant last year. I beat him in front of his family. And I remember just watching the blades of grass go by under. So it's a trap bar with 35 pounds on the side and a 90 pound sled behind it. And you're trying to push it. We had to push it, I think 50 meters. And I was already smoked. We had already been doing a whole bunch of other exercises. And I just remember like tapping into, I've never been able to do that before. I was never that physically exhausted, like pushing yourself to this limit. And I didn't know that was an option until I joined the army. Like I had always, you know, you always talk about it and hear about it, but like that, that moment where it's like, yeah, I want this. And I just remember telling myself, do you want to go to the Olympics or not? And I was just like, push this dang sled, go, you want to win. And I didn't know I had that opportunity. And I think seeing, seeing some of my, some of my battle buddies change, like even as females, like they didn't think they could do it. They're like, you know, the word I can't became fewer and fewer in their vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, I don't know. I would tell everybody to join the army. (laughs) Well, and it's kind of like what you're saying too, what you said that, you know, some people that are unhappy here might be unhappy everywhere because they're, they don't have that mindset of, you know, what we like to say in the army is like hunting the good stuff of every day or throughout every experience. Be the tennis ball, Um, not the egg. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's, like I would imagine even in a lot of things at Radiator Ranch, like that are grueling and terrible or, you know, like I can't catch this cow out there. I would imagine is something, you know, right. potentially going through some of the interns head when they first get there and have, haven't really had a lot of experience doing something like that. But rather than always being drained and not wanting to do it and hating it because it's you're struggling through it or anything like that, it's shifting that mindset and seeing it differently and believing in it. No, you're right. I think, even in rodeo, you know, there's always like the highlights that anybody would enjoy, you mm-hmm. know, after you've made a good ride behind the shoots with your buddies. But what it takes to get there, you know, I think is the mentality you're going to have to have, you know, a good attitude um, to make it and especially to make it and be the best when you get there. So that, that definitely takes a different, but um, I guess I've just, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were saying how, there's a stigma that the army is kind of the last resort, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, I guess what we saw yesterday, I don't think anybody in AMU saw the army as a last resort whenever they joined. And they definitely don't now that they're, you know, been to the Olympics and maybe even a gold medalist, mm-hmm. but very true. I guess there's a, yeah, you just got to ask the right questions once you get in. Absolutely. I mean, there were some people that totally joined in basic and it was just like, I don't really have another choice, but to see them grow as a person and be like, man, all these opportunities are here. Like I want to take full advantage of it. Like I remember on fire guard talking to Williams, my friend, and she was like, yeah, I don't have all the same things that everybody else has, but like, this is a cool opportunity. And I'm super proud of her. And I don't know that just asking the right questions, like you just said, like, and even before you get in asking the right questions, like not being afraid of going to, you know, recruiters kind of get this like bad rap like I don't know I went in my recruiting office like a bull in a china shop and they're like who is this girl (laughs) and I was like this is what I want that's what I'm gonna get like yeah and 
But yeah. a lot of times it's them setting up tables that, you know, inside the mall or at places, you know, all over the country. And I think, especially now that I'm in and I've sat behind some of those tables with people, even as an Olympian, and they're like, this is an Olympian over here. People are still kind of like, skirt, like, <laughs> we're good. Um, and it's just because they're afraid of asking the questions because they do have that kind of stigma in their mind. And so I think that's a big part of our job here as well is sharing our stories and the things that we've gotten out of it and that there is available and it's not just what everyone thinks it is Mm -hmm. yeah for sure man so what was uh what what was the hardest part about basic training being cold girls being cold oh my gosh being cold yeah like and i get so insulted because i'll talk to like civilians right and they're like oh you're from georgia you don't know what cold is like and i'm like you better dang believe i know what being cold is (laughs) like because standing outside on a drill pad in the shade and the wind's blowing and you're in summer pts and you can't move it's cold i don't care what the temperature is and yeah being cold was the worst part oh or being hungry all my battle buddies were like oh there's no hungry hungry. Hungry. oh my gosh (laughs) i remember like trying to get in a knockdown drag out with a girl because there was not enough food oh. and she had snuck some in her pockets. Mm. Uh-oh. Contraband, no, no. Right. Yeah, I think for me, it was less of the, I mean, obviously the physical stuff was incredibly hard. You know, like I'm, I'm doing pushups until I'm falling on my face or like I'm holding a plank until I'm collapsing. So very much difficult, but I think it was the working with other people and uh, not because yeah. like I can't, but I went in basically post two degrees. So I went in when I was, wait, hold on, 25. I'm not good at math. Um, and I forget my age a lot. 21 so, for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And so I was much older than a lot of these girls coming in. Um, there was a handful of other, there was maybe five to seven of us that were over the age of 23, 22. Um, so I was definitely on one of the older sides of it. And it was just trying to... Like, I kind of get these like motherly instincts sometimes. So it's like wanting to help them understand that they can get through it. Like that's, that's the whole point of training. It's not, it's the point of it is to get through it and they want to see people get through it. It's not to kick you out and break you down. And they want sure you to you think you're going to fail, but it's bad on them if you fail. Like, right. And so it's like, it's, it's wanting to help them do that, but then not being able to, because that's only something somebody can do on their own. Right. And so, or, you know, like we talked about earlier, the people that don't really have that, that discipline or the ability to listen to orders or something else, like it would just get frustrating. So it's like, okay, they're well, they literally and living just told in us bay. to stand here. Yeah. We're, we're going to be okay. We yeah. can stand here. Like you don't need to wiggle around the whole time. Cause that's when we're getting oh in trouble. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the moving in formation made me <laughs> crazy. Oh my gosh. But so I would say, but that also taught me a whole lot. Like it helped better me as a person. Cause now I've learned how to deal with all kinds of personalities and people's emotional reactions or things like that and how to talk to somebody when we're back up in our um, bunks and everything in the bay and trying to work through things and problems with them or like the drama in the bay I, you know it's all girls because it's all it can be in there and get a lot of girls together there tends to be some drama unfortunately oh and my so gosh. it's trying to manage that and yeah, so that I, was I learned kind of forgotten yeah. about maybe <laughs> I, I put it to the side and won't yeah. remember that part <laughs> yeah but like learning so much from that and growing as a person is just huge so I'm grateful for it although it was challenging I'm grateful for it 
So we normally wrap up with uh, life advice, but if you girls could give us two pieces of advice, one life advice for anybody, civilian, military person, whatever. And then the second piece would be someone that's thinking about the army, possibly going into the army. What would you tell like a new recruit? Do you want to go first? Do you have it? Do I have it? I might have one. You go, you go. I'm going to have to stew on this one for a minute. (laughs) Um, okay, so my life advice for anybody out there, um, I sometimes don't like giving it because it is probably the most cliche on every That's sign okay. you ever see. That's okay. Is literally just to never give up and continue believing in yourself until you make the things happen in your life that you wanted to see happen. Uh, for me, that came a lot for uh, from my experience through life and like some hardships is especially on the sports side of things and making the Olympic team is there was a lot of times that I was, you know, almost kind of given the short end of the stick and not really seen as a person that could make the Olympic team or be a medal contender or anything like that. Even though I was always in the top, I wasn't necessarily the top. And so I kind of just got brushed aside. Um, and there was a lot of times I was like, is this even worth it? Mm-hmm. Like, Is trying to follow and do everything I want even worth it? And I thought about giving up and all of that. And I didn't because I refused to. So that whole never give up um, thing really rings true for me because then it came around and worked out in my favor in making the 2020 Tokyo Olympic team. So, um, and now being on the world championship team and continuing that goal. So I think for anyone, no matter what it is, school, sports, a job, finding a job, anything like that, just never give up on what you want. You bet. Um, as far as for the army and recruits new recruits or people thinking about it i think don't be afraid to learn more like don't just believe the stereotype don't be afraid to learn more don't be afraid to to talk to somebody about it i was gonna talk about dang i'm gonna keep thinking talk a little longer (laughs) um got it and so uh it's yeah whether it's showing up to recruiting office just asking other people you might know even if it's like okay this person's not in the army but they know somebody else in the army it's like hey like do you know anything about it and just just teaching and educating yourself on it and not being afraid of it just because of the stereotype you've created in your head Hmm. all right so thanks Hallie um I guess for my like new recruit advice um I remember seeing this uh quote um it's called the or it goes uh the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek so I remember going to basic training and I was so scared the first day like you know you watch the movies Mm -hmm. you like hype yourself up it's this whole new world it's this whole new experience it's this cave that you like fear to enter like I just signed my life away to the federal government oh my gosh what did I do and I remember like doing push-ups the first day and I couldn't I literally I had been training to do push-ups I was, I could rep them out, man. And I was so nervous that I was like, oh my God. But, you know, I think as a, the army is this cave, it's this whole new opportunity and, you know, it holds a treasure you seek. Like I seek going to the Olympics. I seek being a doctor and like the army holds that treasure for me. Like hmm. it's there. All I have to do is take it. And, you know, I, they've given me every opportunity I could possibly imagine. And I, hope I continue getting those opportunities and I hope I can take full advantage of them in the future because that is my goal that's why I'm here and uh, I want to be a high achiever on all spectrums Mm -hmm. for my life advice um when I got to Alpha Company uh 232 Med Battalion at Fort Sam Houston um I struggled a lot I you know 
I was from Charlie Company. All the people I went to basic training with were still there. And I went to Alpha Company and it was all these new people. And um, my mom sent me this quote and it's, if, uh, if your path requires you to walk through hell, act like you own the place and, or walk like you own the place. And I was just like, man, that's pretty profound. Like, you know, life doesn't always hand you the best things. Like not making the Olympic team. That sucked for me. That, that was the hardest, March 8th, 2020 was the hardest day of my life. I remember I was just, I was so mean to my parents. I was so angry. I was so sad. I had to keep it together. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like trying to be happy for your teammates. Like Amber made the team and she's my teammate. She's my competitor. She's my friend. But I mean, it crushed me. And you know, being an off company, being in that uncomfortable situation, like you just got to accept it and move on. You got to, you got to own it, like own the things that hurt you and move forward. Like you be like, yeah, I am who I am. You know, I, I'm not the things that happen to me. I'm who I choose to be and what I make of it. And mm -hmm. I think that's super important. And, you know, life doesn't get any easier as we get older. And I think finding the little small pieces of motivation every day to keep you going. And I think that's super important for anybody. I, uh, my brother reminded me of a quote the other day. Uh, he's been doing leather work for 2022, maybe at least 15 years. And he just recently started silver work hmm. and the margins are way better. He, he's an artist, but the, the more, anyway, he can make more money. It's more fun. It's, it'll last longer, you know, than right. leather will. Anyhow, a quote that we listened to, there's this old rodeo documentary growing up that we used to watch called Moon of the Desperados and Gary LaFue quotes Shakespeare and he says our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we often might win by fearing to attempt oh heck yeah and um yeah, that's we, good. we always considered that with rodeo you know we we were we grew up on the rough stock end of the arena and so um your intuition tells you to be afraid of a bull or a bucking mm -hmm. horse and yeah. so but trying that for us was uh it was liberating once we did you know, but we, we just, we had to kind of put our fear aside. And so, and then coincidentally, once you learn to control your emotions in rodeo, much like I'm sure in the army, that's whenever you can really grab a hold of the fundamentals and become great at your craft. Absolutely. So, but I imagine that's the case for people, like you said, that might be scared to even think about going into the army. So. If uh, you are interested in hearing more about the Army, I've got some links in the uh, bio in my description below. So check that out. Check out a U.S. Army. Look for one of 150 different career paths you can choose. AMU is just one of many. And uh, the Army Marksmanship Unit is uh, just the best shooters in the Army. And got some Olympians, so that means some of the best shooters in the world. So uh, we've been blessed to be here for a couple of days and learn and get to shoot with, uh, with the U.S. Army. And uh, if you'd like to, then just visit these links below. And we are on to the next one. Thank you, ladies. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Johnny, you got to roll that. that, that, that uh, we got some outro music. It's pretty good. Heck yeah. Just oh, wait. Yeah. Do we dance? Like, what is the, what's the You're going to want to. Yeah. <laughs> here it is. Rodeo time.